Okay, well, I've been asked to, to share about quiet times and kind of what it means to me. I got, I got saved in 1977, and, and uh, I didn't come from a Christian home, so I didn't know what a quiet time was or anything. And the young man who had shared Christ with me told me that, that if you read the Bible, what he has seen is if you read the Bible every day, you'll remain a Christian. But if you don't, what he has seen is that many people who don't end up slipping away at some point in their life. And I thought that that's a pretty easy prescription if I read the Bible every day. And give me this little booklet called Seven Minutes a Day with God. And I don't know who produced it or if it's still in, in print. And And you spend like three or four minutes reading the scriptures and a minute or two giving thanks, a minute or two praying, and you're done. And I started doing that every day. And, you know, I was fairly consistent with that. But I can say that since 1979, I don't think that I've missed more than one quiet time a year since 1979. And it's just become such a part of my life. I love it so much. You know, if you... If you think of how did Jesus learn, he, his family wasn't educated. How did he learn all that he knew? Certainly young men in Israel learned how to read so that they could read the scriptures, but how did he become so knowledgeable? And it says in, in Isaiah chapter 50, verses 4 and 5, it says, The Lord has given me the tongue of disciples that I may know how to sustain the weary one with a word. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to listen as a disciple. That's what the scriptures say, that this is how Jesus learned. There's a prophecy in Isaiah that describes how Jesus learned. It says that He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to listen as a disciple. And then in in Mark chapter 1, verse 35, it says, While it was still dark, Jesus rose up and departed for a lonely place, and he prayed there. And so Jesus was obviously, according to the prophecy and according to this portion that we have in Mark, he would spend this morning time with the Lord. And that night before, in Mark, he had healed the sick, he had cast out demons and if you've ever been around the casting out of demons it's, a, it, it, it's just a, a really trying time but he would still wake up early in the morning and and then when the other disciples went, went off they went off looking for him it was a pattern in his life the times that I look forward to most in my life are just getting up in the morning and having time with the Lord that is the time that I look forward most to. And you may say, well, you know, you got your house. It's a little bit easier for you. I have four children. I still have two living at home. So I have to beat them up. I don't mean beat them up. I mean wake up before they wake up. Because once kids wake up, you know, they need milk. They need so many things. And there's so many things that, that, that demands that are on you. And even as they get older, you think that those go away. And they, they, they really don't. Um, and so I, I wake up very early now, and I found myself, even as I was getting older and having children, at 
I needed to get up earlier and earlier all the time in order to have this precious time, which means so much to me. And and so now I wake up very early, and I get washed up, and I I go down and and um, usually get a cup of hot tea or something, and and uh, uh, I just get down on my knees at the bottom of the steps, and I open up the scriptures, and I begin to read. And I read where I left off the day before, and I start in Genesis chapter one. And when I've read through the Bible in Revelation 22, I start again. So I do this year after year, and takes me years to get through the scriptures because I'm in no hurry. I just say, Lord, speak to me. Speak to me where I'm at. Speak to me. And, and because of my Sunday school class, I always have to have a message for that week. And I don't use any commentaries. I mean, I might check a certain fact or something, but I don't use any Baptist notes on what I'm supposed to use. I just pick up the Word of God and I say, God, speak to me through this portion because I'm going to have to speak on it this week. And I cry out to the Lord and I read that portion again and again. And just the Lord begins to drop thoughts in my mind and experiences and things to bring out. The Word of God speaks to us. That is the pattern. That it speaks to us. You know, I've, I've prayed many times and I've felt the Lord is speaking to me and saying certain things. But what I have found is that as I listen to the Lord, I can sometimes hear my own voice thinking that it's the Lord's voice. And I know it's my own voice because what I've heard doesn't come to pass. And it, but when He speaks to me from the Scriptures, it is so much more clear. And he, he causes me to want to take steps to do things. And He speaks to me from the Word of God, portions for the day and direct portions for the days that I'm there, for the things that are before me. And after I get done reading the Scriptures, then I, I begin to, to pray for people in my family, pray for my work, pray for situations, pray for my Sunday school class. And Usually by that time, it's about 5 a.m., and I go and I'll get my wife's cup of tea and bring it to her, I bring her tea in bed because she likes to have her quiet time there in bed. I just make sure her Bible's there and her cup of tea. And I, and, um, and then at 5.30, I have to wake up my kids because we have our family devotions. And and um, so I wake them up and they come down. We have our family devotions. And that is the precious times that we have. And I've been doing this year after year. I started in this practice as an undergraduate, and I continued it all through graduate school and then all through postdocs and all the places we've lived and all the different universities. I think I've been in either attended or worked at seven different universities. And, and uh, wherever I am, I've done it. And God speaks to me specific portions. And I'll give you examples. Um, you know, and, and, and to take the Scriptures, and I'll, sometimes I'll just take that portion that we're memorizing as a family because we'll memorize different portions and I'll, in my own quiet time I'll start working on that portion because I know that at 5.30 I've got to recite this to my children because they've got to recite it to me so we'll have this different portions that we're taking as a family and work on it and I'll make that part of my quiet time where I'll memorize this portion and meditate on it and one of the portions that we were memorizing one day was a was a was out of Luke chapter 6 that says, Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. And 
and I remember one day I was I was in uh, I I was had a colleague of mine in the university was talking to students about me behind my back, and one student came to me and they said, you know, we I really like you, and you know, and and but you know this professor so and so keeps talking about you. And it's really bothering me the way he's always talking about you, saying how you only care about your own research group, you don't care about other people. Better. So I really got upset. And, and um, uh, one of the things that, that had happened is this, this young professor had come in, and I had started in the university a year before he did. And he had come into my office, and he said to me, you know, I'm going to get tenure before you ever do. And I thought, that's, that's a really not a nice thing to say. I'd been there a year longer, and, and but anyway, so it was a real competitive uh, attitude, and 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 what had happened was I never worried about tenure, and I actually got it after three years. Then after four years, I was made. Uh, 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 th- then after four years, I was made a full professor. Then after five years, or five and a half years, I was made a you know I had this endowed chair, and he was still an assistant professor, hadn't yet gotten tenure. So all this talk was going on, and I got so upset when I heard he was talking to students about me because, you know, I, I know as soon as you tell students, I mean, it just, it's just all over campus. I mean, just, it's, it's just fire. And so I went, and I just pounded on his door. I was just going to give him a piece of my mind. And then the Lord started to speak to me from the very portion I had been memorizing with my kids. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. And I started to pray for this guy every day. He wasn't in. He wasn't in his office. So, you know, there's nothing I could do. But I started to pray for him every day. And in my quiet time, I'd pray for him. I'd break at noon, as I, as I do even to this day. Which I started this pattern as an undergraduate, where I'll break sometime in the afternoon and go to the chapel and just get on my knees and pray. And, and uh, just pray for him every day that the Lord would bless his work and and what happened is the Lord really started blessing his work and he had, had, had such trouble getting grant money, started getting all this grant money and started getting all these publications. And, and then what happened was he became so good in what he did, he got an offer from another university and he took the offer and he left and I was ecstatic. <laughs> because the Lord dealt with this problem individual by dealing with my heart and dealt with it in a way that I thought was utterly remarkable as I started to pray for him. I never, never would have gathered this without having meditated on the Scriptures and having the Scriptures speak into my life. I have had so many instances like this. You know, just this morning I was meditating and it says in in Proverbs chapter 18 that the name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous run into it and are safe. What a treasure of a verse. The Lord just began to remind me of all the times that I've called upon Him and He delivered me. remember one time I was driving down a highway and my, um, my wife and kids were at my in-laws and I was driving down this highway and this, it was icy and the car started to spin going down the highway. And it was going sideways down the highway. And, and I... And I saw these other cars coming toward me. And I remember saying, Jesus, help me. And all of a sudden the car, and just turned straight. And it was perfect, just perfect. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. 
and those who run into it are safe. They said, Lord, the treasure of your name is a strong tower to me. And he just started to build me up. Some days I go into my quiet time. I'm so flustered. I just got so many things that are before me that day. And I think, how am I ever going to get through this day? I'm so flustered. And I, you know, I'm a Christian. Everybody knows I'm a Christian. So I have to be somewhat nice. And I have to smile a little bit at them because I have to show off that, you know, I, you know, I love Jesus and everything. And, and I go into this quiet time feeling like such a wimp. And I come out like a roaring lion. I spend some time reading the scriptures. And the Lord just encourages my heart. And I'll go walking up in, my, in the bedroom and, with a cup of tea. And I'll walk in there like this. Shereen <laughs> will look at me and say, You're something. You're going to grow up. <laughs> and it, but just, just what the Lord does for me. How he lifts me up and just encourages me through the scriptures and through the treasure of the quiet time with the Lord. I love that time. And when I travel, I, it, it, it's just refreshing for me because I stay in a hotel room and my kids aren't there and I don't have to, you know, have this family devotion time where I have to separate the time. I can just spend a whole time reading and praying and don't have to, you know, get tea and get cereal for people and, and do all the things that you have to do. And when the kids are little, you gotta, you know, first thing, you've got to start changing diapers and do this and do that. And if you think it ends, I mean, just, it was just yesterday, this morning. I mean, I, I've got Ben, my son, he's 10 years old, and I set his clock at 5.05 a.m. And I hear his little alarm go off and, and I hear him turn on the light and he gets on his knees and he reads scriptures for about five minutes and then I hear the light go off and he hops back in bed <laughs> you know, until 5.30 when I go back in and wake him up. Um, so, you know, when I travel and I wake up early in the hotel room and I say, Lord, I'm going to be giving this seminar today. Just blow them away by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let it be the best seminar. And they just start marching up and down that hotel room just, just praising God and praying for the day. And, you know, I come out of there just absolutely on fire. I mean, I meet with these people all day. They're like, who is this guy? And, and this is the Lord. The Lord just fills us and He empowers us by His presence and by the Holy Spirit. And it comes through the Scriptures. Jesus would rise up early in the morning while it was still dark and He would go off to a lonely place and He would pray. For me, this is the absolute best time of the day. I love to wake up in the morning and pray. And, and uh, you know, sometimes I'll come in on a late flight. I won't get to bed until really late. But somehow I'm going to manage during that day to get alone and to spend some time. And I'll bring my Bible with me. And I'll, I'll go into some corner and I'll, I'll have my time with the Lord. Because I just love that time. The treasure of that time. It is so wonderful. This pattern. My experience also is this. I've seen a lot of people come and go in their Christian faith. And I'm not saying they lose their salvation. There's something, something that, that's retained in that. But discipleship is very different than salvation. Discipleship, Jesus said, if, 
if you love your mother and father more than me, you're not worthy of me. He said, if you're not going to follow me, you're not worthy of me. There's a discipleship that he calls us to. And without discipleship, there's never an empowering. And that's why you see in so many churches today, precious, wonderful people who are saved, but there's no substantive difference between their lives and the life of the unbeliever. There's no victory or power in their lives. You look at them and I feel sorry for them because there's no victory over sin. There is no power over sin. And I think that that gets back to the fact that they are just underfed. They're malnourished when it comes to the Scripture. If our only time of receipt is in church from the pastor, we are going to be so saddened and dismayed and disheartened because no preacher will give it to us. It is God, by His Holy Spirit, speaking into our lives individually and saying, Lord, speak to me. I do not get refreshed every quiet time. There's some days, you know, that I wonder, what did I even read today? But there's enough life there when you do this day after day, that there's some portion that He speaks. And if I am sincere and I say, Lord, as I begin to read, would you please speak to me as a disciple? Speak to me. He really does. And if I pray that prayer that it says in Isaiah chapter 50, the Lord God awakens me. He awakens my ear to listen as a disciple. If I pray at night, Lord, awaken me in the morning with an ear to listen. I mean, it's so much easier to get up in the morning and to have that time with Him. And it's just a tremendous time. I just love it. And, you know, I'm, I'm able, you know, I've learned after all these years with kids, even I can be on my knees just reading the Scriptures and praying. I mean, one kid will just be on my back. And I can still read and pray. And you can, you can get this. You can just... God deals with us and He knows what situations we're under. I've been just like you folks. I lived in a house with, with nine other Christian guys when I was an undergraduate for my last two years of college. And, and uh, there was a lot of motion and a lot of activity. But I was always the first one up. And, and, uh, and it was tough to get up. I was at Syracuse University as an undergraduate. That house was owned by the pastor. And it was a discipleship house, which meant that it was all run down. And there were two bathrooms in the house, one upstairs, one downstairs. And one of the bathrooms, the commode worked. In the other bathroom, the, the shower worked. And it, the, the commode, and, that, and so you, you, you had, you know, if you, if you wanted to do the complete job, you had to go from one to the other. And, 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 um, and so I just shaved my head, and I would just wash it, my head in the kitchen sink very quickly, you know, just, just wipe it with, with, with some dish soap and, and just wipe it with a napkin before the toast came up. And I would just shower at the gym during the day. And, um, but, you know, you survived. But it was cold in the morning. It was always the first one up. And the, the, the heater would go out every night. The pilot light on that heater every night would go out. And I'd be the first person up. And you could see your breath in the house. It was just cold in there. And I remember shivering every morning. Go down and relight that pilot light, and you know, you're shivering, and you've got this match, and lightning all of a sudden. And every morning in the wintertime, it was like this. But I had that treasure of a quiet time. The guys that got up in that house to have their morning time are the guys that their lives sustained. 
the ones that didn't, you would say, it's a discipleship house. I thought everybody did. No, everybody is, you, you know, just like you and me. The ones that didn't, their lives, there just wasn't so much change. And you know what I saw? They would envy the lives of the people who were getting up and praying. They really would, because they would see this enormous Christian growth. And it says, it says in Psalm 1, it, it talks about this sort of thing. Uh, and it, it, it says that uh, if, we, if we spend time in the presence of God, He'll build us up and our lives would be retained. And it, it talks how we'll be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither and in whatever He does, he prospers. He will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, and in whatever he does, he prospers. And at each phase in your life, as you come into these new seasons, you're just bearing fruit, rather than getting totally run down. And I see Christians all the time, they get one child, and it just totally stifles their life. You know, they can't go to church because of this one kid. I'm like, what are you talking about? You pick the child up and you just come to church. (laughs) What is the big deal? But they're unable to bear fruit in the new season. But we bear fruit in this new season. It says, if we meditate on the law of the Lord, this is the outcome. You bear fruit in its season. It seems to be to me like a pretty simple prescription just like this guy told me when I first got saved if you're regularly in the scriptures your life will remain very close to God if you're not it won't remain and you think you're busy now and I believe you are I was very busy as an undergraduate and so I I really respect what undergraduates have to go through anybody who says it's harder to make up an exam than it is to take it is lying it is much easier to make an exam than it is to take an exam. I'll make an exam any day rather than have to take it. But there are other things that come in your life and there are other pressures that come in your life. It is a tremendous time to get in this pattern now of seeking the Lord. I was a morning person. I had always been a morning person. It worked very well for me in the morning. I'm not saying you can't do it at night. But there's something good about the morning in that you see this is the scriptural pattern. And as you get to different phases in your life, you will see that the morning is a much easier thing to sustain than the evenings. In that the evenings, many things come in. Same with family devotions. Families that have their devotions in the evening rarely retain them. Because family devotions... In the evening, you know, one kid has to study. But at 5.30 in the morning, nobody's got any distractions. The phone is not ringing. No emails are popping in except spam. Nothing is coming. And you can really devote that time. You will remain as believers and as disciples if you do what the Scriptures say. Nobody forces us. But you come to love that time. I really, really love it. 
and I have all sorts of problems. I have a temper. I have all sorts of things that you have, all the struggles that you have, all the lustful thoughts that have zipped through your mind and zipped through my mind, and many times more. All the struggles that you have, I have. But what I'm saying is you will remain a disciple if you're willing to spend time with the Lord and have that quiet time. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is that causes some people to to take it and other people don't. I can't imagine that God would give people the gift of of you know being able to eat spiritual food and other people not have that that ability to eat spiritual food. I mean, all of a, if, if somebody cannot eat regular food, they are really abnormal and they usually die very quickly, right? He gives us, all of us, this ability to eat. He gives all of us this ability to receive from the Word of God if we ask Him. I have read through the Scriptures so many times. I have read passages so many times over and over again. I will come to this passage and say, Lord, speak to me a fresh thought. And boom, just these things start to flow. And you start to come these wonderful, fresh thoughts. And I can take a scripture and say, Lord, speak to me. And it just fills, just fills. And if you get in that sort of lifestyle, your life is totally different. You have in you this well that springs up to eternal life. Jesus said, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And he who is thirsty, if he comes to me, I will fill him with rivers of living water, and it will flow out of him like rivers of living water. If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink, Jesus said. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be satisfied, the Scriptures say. If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink, Jesus said. Jesus said to the, this to the Jews, at the Passover feast. He said this at the great day of the feast. He said, if anyone's thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Jesus is there. He is always there. You come to him and he will fill you. And he says, and out of his, his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. You know, I can sit with students, who total unbelievers, and just begin to speak. And they're like, I can sit with professors and just talk and just begin to speak about the things of God and they just, their their eyes are just drilled right in on me. I have their absolute attention as soon as I start talking about the things of God in life. And these are total unbelievers. They're like, who are you? It's just rivers of living water can come flowing out and you start talking to people about the Lord and they're just just absolutely focused in on you. Imagine what it must have been like to be in Jesus' presence. I mean, this guy who was God in the flesh, Philip says to him, you know, show us the Father and it's enough for us. And Jesus is like, I've been with you this long and you don't recognize Him? In other words, you're looking at Him. I mean, Jesus and the Father are one. This is God come in the flesh. Imagine what it must have been like to be in His presence. And how good it must have felt to know if Jesus is here, we're going to be alright. 
Because if something happens to me and I die, he's just going to raise me up. I mean, it's total comfort. And then you see the despair that must have come when he left, when he died and he departed. I mean, people will look to you if your life is filled with the life of God. They will look to you as leaders. You say, I don't feel like a leader. I mean, you just walk in there and people look to you like you're a leader. All of a sudden, because you have the Word of God resident within you, because of year after year of just placing it in there, and you get put in all these positions of leadership, and you, no matter how much you say, I don't want it. I don't want to be a leader. I don't want to do that. Boom. You're put up there because people look at you. Because filled within you are these rivers of living water that people are just crying out for. They want life. They absolutely want life. And you just exude this stuff. This comes by spending time with Him. It does not come by going to church. Now, I'm all for going to church. And I never miss church. I mean, it, 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 it takes a virus the size of a horse to make me miss church. I just don't do it. And, and uh, uh, so the enemy really has given up on trying to keep me from church. I mean, I'm going to get there. If my car's not wa- working, I'm going to walk. I'm going to get to church. So I'm big on it. But that is not where I receive. You know, I was meeting with the associate pastor. He says, you know, how are things going? I said, look, as far as the messages in church, I don't look to those to fill me. It's my own time with the Lord. And this is what fills me. You know, this other stuff is icing, and if something's good, that's great. But it's the time with the Lord. This is the treasure. This is the meat and potatoes right here. A quiet time with the Lord. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you so much for these young people. And Father, I pray that you would stir up the hearts to want to spend time in your word, even if it's seven minutes a day with God. Spending some time reading the scriptures and saying, Lord, speak to me. Spending some time in prayer, praying for others, praying for the activities of the day, and learning how to give you thanks. Just seven minutes a day. Father, I pray that you'd build them up in that pattern of spending time with you and in your word, and you would so fill them with living water just come overflowing out of them. And Father, I pray that the fruit that would be placed in their lives would remain. Father, I pray that you'd cause these young people to become disciples. That you would awaken them morning by morning. That you would awaken their ear to listen as a disciple. Father, I pray that you would put a desire in their lives to spend time with you and that they could be built up and be strong, that their fruit would remain and that they would be like trees planted by streams of water which yield its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither and in whatever they do, they would then prosper. And I commit them to you. In the name of Jesus. Amen.